There's an Arabic manuscript that was translated and a cardinal by the name of Wiseman shared this historical account of a young Turkish officer who had committed an offense that was punishable by crucifixion. And this young man was crucified much in the same way that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has been crucified and is now presently hanging on a cross of Calvary. Except he was guilty, as our Lord and Savior was not. It was along the banks of the Barada River, under the castle of Damascus, the capital city in Syria. It's still there today. He was nailed to the cross on a Friday, and this young man did not die until Sunday. And after a narrator had given the account of this crucifixion, he made the following statement regarding the words and the account that he had heard from an eyewitness to this crucifixion. This man said, I've heard this from one who witnessed it, and the officer thus remained upon that cross until he died. He seemed as if he was very patient and silent without wailing, looking around him to the right and then to the left, back and forth, back and forth, looking at the people there, much like I'm looking down upon each of you today, this young Turkish officer dying, being tortured to death. And this eyewitness said that he begged for water, but yet none was given him. And he said that the hearts of the people were melted with compassion for this man and with pity as one of God's creatures who yet a boy was suffering under a most grievous form of execution. In the meantime, the water, the broader river, was flowing right there. This young man hanging on the cross could see it and hear it. It's a spring-fed river. It's still there today. The broader river north of Damascus flowing right through there. And he was gazing upon that water and he longed for it and he begged people for a drink. Yet none was to be given him. And it's said that the first day he was able to beg and to speak and to cry out for water. But then after that he was silent. We'll understand why as we proceed. Our fifth word today, and this is, of course, very near the end of Jesus' life. The hours that he spent agonizing, there were countless thousands that were executed in this way, one of the most harshest and horrible forms of execution ever devised by humankind. The Lord Jesus Christ would not live that long, being Passover, the legs broken of the thieves, the pierce would be spierced in his side, and they knew that Jesus had already expired, undergoing such horrific treatment prior to his crucifixion. But this fifth word, very near the end of his life, things are progressing very rapidly now. Found in John 19, verses 28 and 29. After this, Jesus knowing, and even in death, the Lord Jesus Christ had a knowing. He was mindful of his father's will. Can you imagine all the words that we've heard up to this point? In perfect order. In perfect submission to his heavenly father's will. It boggles the mind. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said, 
to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. The word in Greek is a simple word. It's dipso. To thirst for. I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there. And they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch. Very common. Very often those who were crucified were not that far actually from the surface of the earth. And they could reach up with a foot or two length of hyssop with that sponge attached. And it states here that they held it to his mouth. In Mark, prior to his crucifixion, he is offered this same drink. It was carried by the Roman soldiers. In Mark, they brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they tried to give him wine mixed with a drug called myrrh, but Jesus would not drink it. It wasn't time yet. In Luke 23, following the first word that Pastor Ed shared about, the soldiers came also up and mocked him. The people were mocking him. The leaders were staring at him, making fun of him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you were king of the Jews, save yourself. Come down off the cross, oh, you king. Jesus wouldn't drink. He wouldn't utter a word. Then in Matthew, after the fourth word, Robbie just shared with us, that immediately one of them ran and got a sponge. This is recorded in Matthew 27. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a stick and offered it to Jesus to drink, but there's no indication that he drank even at that time. From strictly a physiological perspective, it should be no surprise that the Lord Jesus Christ is so very, very thirsty. In fact, he was experiencing an unquenchable thirst. A thirst produced initially by the beating, the flogging under the hands, the merciless hands of the Roman soldiers. They were cruel. According to scripture, we believe that even portions of his beard were ripped out of his face. Because as Robbie mentioned, the cat of nine tails, there was metal and glass and hooks, would rip literally the flesh off of an individual's back. And whatever other part of the body that they would come in contact with. The crown of thorns, just not placed, but driven and beaten and hit with sticks. Indeed, the blood flowed. The water flowed. The sweat, the bodily fluids, slowly but surely were driven from his body. And then the actual realities of the crucifixion itself. The driving of the spikes actually into the wrist, affecting the tendons going up into the arms and the shoulders. Images of the passion of the Christ are brought to our minds, those of us who are able to watch such images So it's no wonder at all that he is physically thirsty in these moments. In this closing hour of his being impelled on this place of cursedness. It was hot there. He was exposed to the heat. Carrying his cross, driven. He was physically exhausted, up all night, the various trials that he had experienced. And upon the cross, what would actually happen... You did die of suffocation. 
And for a time, you would push up with your feet, turn sideways from the one spike, and your hands, your shoulders could not function properly because of the spikes driven into your arms. And so one would push themselves up just to be able to breathe. And when it became just unbearable, you released yourself, and then you would have to arch your back like this just to get air into your lungs. So ultimately, suffocation was oftentimes the cause of death. Sweats and blood oozing from his battered, crucified body. Insects were there. The fluids, the blood, landing on him, feasting. The crowds were taunting him, and the blood mixing with his sweat with the waters that pours out upon his body over these hours. Dehydration. Do we even know what that's like for someone to experience? For one who is crucified, it's been described like this. First, it gives one a fever. The Lord Jesus Christ's body temperature would begin to rise because of the lack of hydration. Then you begin to experience a very horrific headache. Cramps, perhaps in your abdomen and other parts of your body, nausea would set in. It is said that even one's eyeballs would begin to lose their fluid and would begin to dry up in their sockets. It's horrible. It's horrible. His lips became dry. His tongue began to expand in his mouth, becoming thick and swollen. His throat felt like sandpaper, parched and dry. His vocal cords began to be affected to the point where you could hardly whisper. Those of you who know me know my voice today is not normal, and I humbly say that perhaps this is the manner in which our Lord's voice began to sound. People began to hear a voice that became quieter, almost garbled, inhuman, because of the dehydration. And yet, to what degree can we today, as we sit here on this afternoon, reflecting and contemplating what our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ accomplished for us, to what degree can we fully understand this road that he walked upon and complete and utter obedience to his heavenly Father? Often in counseling, I'm sharing with people that the Christian faith is like walking upon a road in the right direction because life has so many distractions, so many side streets that all of us have turned to. Some of these things are very good in and of themselves, but somehow they begin to hijack our hearts and turn us into something less than what Christ intended. Yes, it can be politics, patriotism, could be something like pornography, drugs, a specific doctrine. Oh, how must we grieve the heart of God over such matters? If we could only keep our eyes on our Lord as Jesus did, walking in the same direction. That's what we are called to do in this life. It's like walking on a road in the right direction. In John 14, 31, Jesus once declared, he said, The world must learn that I love the Father and that I 
do exactly what my Father has commanded me. The world must learn. May we learn today, perhaps, to a greater depth, the obedience that the Lord Jesus Christ undertook on the cross of Calvary. Jesus had this acute sense of the prophetic things that were spoken about him. Like when he initiated his ministry in the temple, it's one of my favorite historical accounts. He was in Nazareth, and he was in the temple. And it says the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And Jesus, unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then I just love this. It says, then he rolled up the scroll. He gave it back to the attendant and he sat down. And it says there in Luke, every eye was upon him. Who is this man to say such things? He knew from the very beginning. Joseph and Mary, where is Jesus? Three days they had been traveling. Where did they find him at the age of 12? Did you not know, mom and dad, I needed to be about my father's business? And so Jesus had this this profound sense of obeying his father, tempted in every way as us, and yet without sin. A psalm of David, the 22nd psalm, a prophetic psalm, Jesus knew it well. He knew this described him. Listen to it. I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is turned to wax. It has melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. I believe to David, this was all just a metaphor, a picture. To Jesus, it was his reality that he was right now experiencing dogs around me. A pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. Psalm 69. Scorn has broken my heart and has left me helpless. I looked for sympathy, but there was none. For comforters, but I found none. They put gall in my food and gave me vinegar for my thirst. I want to ask you a question this afternoon in closing. Just a a place of reflection for us. What have you been thirsting after in these days? What does your heart long for? Are you walking on that road that the Lord has provided? Oh, he too indeed can give us very specific commands, instructions, guidance. If we desire to listen to his voice. There are many voices crying out in these days, even a voice or two or three here in our midst, and they are not of the Lord. What type of road are we walking on? Is it the road which our Heavenly Father has ordained for us? And if we're able to fulfill that road as a church, the only manner in which that road will ever be fulfilled is if we as individuals Surrender our lives as the Lord Jesus Christ surrendered his to his heavenly father. What should we be thirsting after? Every detail of our lives, our relationships, our ministries, our careers. 
those we draw near to and those that we avoid, our, our hobbies, our education. On this day, what are our hearts longing for? What is your heart? What is my heart longing for? And what has hijacked my heart? What has led me astray? Jesus would have none of that. So even these two words, I thirst, were a direct result of what he knew was his father's will. And they offered him that sponge. And he sipped. Perhaps it was absolutely necessary for him to have just that last bit of moisture, you see, even to utter our last two words. It was all part of the plan. He refused the other times. Prior to his crucifixion, the first word, the fourth word, no indication that he drank. Jesus emptied himself that we might never thirst again. In a few moments, we are going to be singing a hymn concerning a fountain filled with blood. It's because his body was literally, physically emptied and void of blood. It was gone. Bones. Skin, bones, tissue. The blood. Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being filed in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, Paul wrote, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, not with pride and haughtiness and For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Do everything without complaining or arguing. That's what Paul wrote to the Christians in Philippi. Whether sitting or kneeling, let us go to prayer now. O Lord Jesus Christ, who even though you wonderfully fashioned all things, stooped to take upon yourself human form, and being found in human form endured the cross, despising its shame, we love you for every parched and painful moment spent on our behalf, that we might drink of the water of life freely and live, even as your strength was dried up like a potsherd, and your tongue cleaved to the jaws of your mouth, it was that springs of living water might well up within us unto eternal life. With grateful hearts, we praise you to this day. Amen.